Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And now the night owl, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. What is up, Wrestle Talk Podcast family? How is everybody doing tonight? And happy Cinco de Mayo! <laughs> and I'm sitting here drinking my Corona, eating my tacos from Taco Bell. Ran my sombrero, and I am excited tonight for the WrestleTalk podcast with Joe and Renee. It's going to be an amazing night. We've got the Hotspot segment. We've got the Shooting Shot segment. We've got the WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge. We've got the Fantasy Wrestling segment. That's not enough, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Father Craven coming on at seven at 8.15. And then at 8.30, we've got the one and only Brian Rushcott coming on. It's going to be an absolutely amazing show, ladies and gentlemen. We can't wait. I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the man that needs no introduction. The one and only, the Night Owl. Everything is going good, good, good. The only thing that upsets me today 
was I played the game of Madden with the Nightbound Knights, as she always does, and ended up being okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, listen, listen, here's the thing, man. Uh, I had a blast playing Madden with you guys. Uh, we shared the video on the WrestleTalk Podcast fan page. Unfortunately, because I goofed up the settings, you cannot hear Jonesy, but it is Jonesy uh, versus myself. I was the Minnesota Vikings. He was the New York Giants. I promise you, it was a very suspenseful game for a while there. So I recommend you guys go back and check that on your free time. If you guys dig it, if we get good reaction, we'll do it again. And we promise, we promise, promise that we'll get all that audio sorted out for you guys next go around. Josie, before we kick off today's show, I want to encourage everybody to grab an adult beverage. Okay, this is a perfect time to pour up your adult beverage because we got to give some props out. And by the way, Duan, thank you so much for the love. If you haven't already shared, if you're not tapping the screens, Mirata, give it a huge share. Hit the share button. Estamos celebrando. Not only are we celebrating, uh, you know, a huge victory uh, by Mexico over France, which is why this holiday even exists. It is not Mexico's Independence Day. Some of you guys need to crack open a book. But if you haven't done so already on this beautiful Cinco de Mayo, please make sure you guys hit the share button. We love seeing the thumbs up, the hearts, and especially the little care emoji. It's on. I see it right here in front of me, Joe. If you guys have the care emoji, hit that thing a few times so we can see it fly across the screen. This would not be possible without you guys, the members of the Russell Talk podcast family. And you know who else is really, really important, Jonesy? All of our Nightmare wonderful Joe. sponsors. Yes, Nightmare Jones is always important. We know that. But, no, also our wonderful sponsors and supporters, starting with Wrath Bombs and Graving, which, by the way, guys, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to social media, one of the hottest independent wrestlers on the planet, Mad Max Morrison, uh, just got his Wrestle Talk podcast mug. He was flaunting it all over social media. He was very proud of it. Super shout-out to super fan Susie Hawks for buying that for Mad Max Morrison, and now he says that he's going to drink everything out of, it, out of it, everything. And I told him, I said, that's good because your drink will be 20% colder and 17.5% per, 17. tastier. Ain't that right, Josie? That's right. That is exactly right. It's scientifically proven to be scientifically proven. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Also, man, uh, now that things are starting to kind of progress through the quarantine or what have you, uh, we're starting to look forward towards the rest of the year. Hopefully, Joe, we'll be able to get back to eSports for one of our watch parties very, very soon. So shout out to B-Will and the great folks over at eSports Bar KC. Royal Mills Transportation, classy, personable, and safe. Make sure you guys look up Royal Mills Transportation for all your transportation needs in the greater KC metro area. Also, the Conspiracy Farm and Talking Dynasty, two other podcasts that show us a ton of love. We love those guys. Thank you for supporting us. Jay Hollywood, uh, my man Frex, you guys have been so, so, so loyal to us, man. And all we can do is thank you guys for that loyalty and all that support. All that said, Jonesy, um, you know, we normally get into Carl Lewis right around now, but I, I think that we're going to have to kind of put a hold on that just for, for a few moments because recently um, we've suffered a, a huge loss. And, and the, the care and the hearts should be flying right now because, you know, 
when I started delving into professional wrestling in my area, uh, I, I was very, very, um, I was very green. Like, I, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know who the players were. I didn't know who'd been around. I didn't know who was brand new. I had no idea, Joe. But before too long, when I started doing my research and understanding what pro wrestling is about here in my area, Joe, and I know your area has its own history and its own legends, one of the very first things that came to my attention was the name Tony Costa. And why? Mm -hmm. Well, the legendary MMWA, who's been running for a very, very long time, was headed by this man. Uh, He's he's somebody that is so well-respected that even the legendary Herb Simmons uh, has worked with him for many, many years. I know they have a very close friendship. And we're working on setting something up where Herb will come on and tell us some stories about Tony Costa because if you care about pro wrestling uh, in the Midwest or really globally – there's a huge history of it here in the Midwest, particularly in the St. Louis area. And thank you guys for the hearts and the, and the care uh, emojis. Like, that, that's great. We'd love to see those all night if we can. Um, but, Joe, I'm going to have uh, Luke Skywalker Roberts join us here because I think that this needs to be presented eloquently and properly, and I can't think of anybody better than a man who is more eloquent and classy than pretty much anybody I know. Uh, we're going to have him come in with just kind of a brief statement, um, you know, sharing our, expressing our feelings, our condolences, and then we're going to ask everybody to remove their caps as we go ahead and do the 10 bell salute uh, to the legendary founder of MMWA down at South Broadway Athletic Club, uh, the one and only T- Tony Costa. Uh, Skywalker, let's go ahead and bring you on, and uh, we'll let you do your thing, man. Please. Well, first. Well, first of all, gentlemen, I want to thank you for having me on the program tonight. I mean, we're going to have a great show tonight, but we, as you said earlier, Renee, we'd be very much remiss if we hadn't taken a moment to talk about uh, the life and legacy of Tony Costa. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, have done a little bit of research uh, regarding this topic, and I'm going to go ahead and share a few pieces of information with the WrestleTalk family here this evening. In 1975, a young professional wrestler named the Hitman began his career in the Midwestern United States. Competing under a mask, the Hitman learned and evolved in professional wrestling until he reinvented himself as Little Dynamite, a legend in the St. Louis professional wrestling community. As a wrestler, referee, and promoter, Tony Costa passed away from cancer yesterday, May 4, 2020. Tony Costa became a premier wrestler in the Mid-Missouri Wrestling Alliance which the fans in St. Louis recognize as the MMWA based out of the South Broadway Athletic Club. Tony worked with many of the greats, including King Kong Bruiser Brody, Tojo Yamamoto, Spike Huber, Ox Baker, Buddy Roberts, Iceman King Parsons, Jerry Crusher Blackwell, Gentleman Chris Adams, Cowboy Bob Orton, Scott Casey, Gypsy Joe, Toru Tanaka, the Kelly Twins, and many others. Among Tony's many accomplishments was the opportunity to serve as a referee for a match involving former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Lou Fez. Over the course of his in-ring career, Little Dynamite held the MMWA Junior Heavyweight Championship on seven different occasions. He also held the Outlaw Championship in 1981 and 1982. In addition to singles competition, Tony Costa also competed as a tag team with the legendary Ed Smith who had worked as a referee and a wrestler in Sam Muchnick's Wrestling with the Chase. The uh, the pair captured the MMWA Tag Team Championships on two separate occasions. 
In the late 1980s, Tony Costa suffered an injury that sidelined him for over six months. Because of the injury, he changed course and became the promoter for the MMWA and at one time teamed up with Herb Simmons creating the promotion known as MMWA SICW. Tony worked with many of the legends of the Wrestling at the Chase era, as well as countless independent professional wrestlers. Tony Costa also became the president of the South Broadway Athletic Club and helped take wrestling in the area to new heights by having his promotion raise money for local charities. He also tried to help promote local talent and kids to keep them off the streets and encourage them to better themselves. Through the years, Tony Costa had no problem convincing wrestlers to share in his dream and give their time for the troops and to help with charity events. He wanted to show that as wrestlers, we need to be role models for the community. For years, Tony Costa led locker rooms filled with hungry professional wrestlers who wanted to be the absolute best. Without the guidance of Tony Costa, we would not have such wrestlers as World Wrestling Entertainment's Randy Orton. Tony Costa also helped to tell the story of professional wrestling in St. Louis, providing WWE Hall of Fame with a million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, with a location to record a taping of the history of wrestling at the chase. In the later years of his career, Tony Costa was recognized for his contributions to the world of professional wrestling. He was a member of the St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame Committee. In 2014, he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Missouri Wrestling Revival. In 2018, Tony was inducted into the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame and was inducted in the inaugural class of the Independent St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame alongside longtime friend Herb Simmons. From his days competing inside the professional wrestling ring to training professional wrestlers in the back room of the South Broadway Athletic Club, to helping showcase the talent of outstanding local professional wrestlers. Little Dynamite Tony Costa cemented his legacy as a true Hall of Famer in the world of professional wrestling. He had a big heart for local youth and community organizations. He worked hard to make a difference in his community as well as in his own personal life. The professional wrestling world has continued to show its respect for Tony Costa, including memorials from the likes of Missouri Wrestling Revival's Brian Kelly, Herb Simmons, Billy Diamond, Johnny Jett, Bobby D, Mahler McDarby, Ace Hawkins, Kamen, Attila Khan, Frankie D, and the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz. He held strong for over 40 years with the help of his lovely wife, Wanda, and his nephew, Anthony. Tony Costa, also supported by some of the most loyal friends and coworkers a person could ever have. Tony Costa was about giving others a chance to shine, and giving the fans the best professional wrestling possible. In honor of the legacy and in respect of the accomplishments in the world of professional wrestling, we told the bell ten times in memory of Little Dynamite, Tony Costa. Everybody, please remove your cap and respect the ten-bell salute. Available for that, man. I uh, really, really appreciate it. And I know 
We'll be talking to you in a couple of weeks, man. Thank you so very, very much. Well, once again, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on the program tonight. Like I said, we're going to have a great show. we got Father Craven and we've got Brian Westcott going to be on the program later tonight. Guys, this is going to be a great episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm going to go ahead and step aside because I know we've got high spots in just a few moments. got a lot of things to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. You're absolutely right. We do. And you know what, guys? If you don't know anything about the history of professional wrestling, you have come to the right place. The Wrestle Talk podcast we're going to talk about the mainstream stuff, and we're going to talk about that for the next 15 minutes or so uh, as uh, Father Craven finishes his seance or whatever it is that he's doing. <laughs> I, I hear he's a pretty wild cat. I'm really excited and looking forward to talking to him. Uh, definitely somebody who's got the same kind of passion and energy for the sport that we do, Jonesy. But this mm-hmm. would not be a Wrestle Talk podcast. This would not be a Wrestle Talk podcast and we list, unless we did a couple of things. Obviously, we got to do the high spot segment. But we're going to ask everybody once again to respectfully remove their caps as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Oh, oh, say. Brings a tear to my eye every single time. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, it is time for the High Spot segment. Intro, Timmy, hit that music. Well, Josie, I want to jump in on this one here. And, and guys, 
I absolutely already see the phone lines blowing up. We want you to join us, okay? The number is 657-383-1521. And for the next 10 minutes or so, uh, as we lead into, uh, lead into Father Craven, we're going to talk about all things in the world of pro wrestling. This is just kind of the lead-off topic. And, and here's what I want to say, Jonesy. Good for him. Good for him. Because some people rather fall – okay, I think it's okay to fall on your sword, right? Like, like you got to say, hey, you know what? It was my fault, my bad. I made major mistakes. Yeah. But some people never get to that point. Their pride doesn't mm-hmm. allow them to do that. And here is a, uh, just a small quote that I pulled. This is not the full story. Please go read the full story over at the Pro Wrestling Sheet. But here's a small paragraph to kind of surmise what he said, and I think it leads to a great lesson for anybody in the world of entertainment, professional wrestling, okay? And that is the double-edged sword. Here we go with the sword um, uh, theme. Um, it, it, social media is a double-edged sword. Like, you need it. For exposure, you need it so people can keep up with you. Social media has been great during the quarantine because it lets us interact with our talent. You know, we saw what we talked about with Mad Max Morrison a little bit earlier with the mugs and everything like that. Which, by the way, if you guys are um, wanting to grab grab a mug, uh, shoot me or Joe a DM or visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com to start customizing your mug. It's $20 plus shipping, and we'll put pretty much whatever you want on the mug uh, as long as it doesn't take up too much space. So just hit us up. But here, here are the words. And, again, this is just a snippet, okay, just so that you guys don't think I'm taking this out of context. But, again, a very important lesson for anybody who thinks that social media is the place to go and vent. It says, I know I embarrass a lot of people. Most importantly, I embarrass myself, too. I'm not just uh, used to that type of negativity, this type of attention. It effing sucks, man. Walk, waking up an angry person for no reason, just mad at the world. And truth be told, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. I'll take the blame for this. It's all my fault. I could have easily just put my phone down. I could have easily deleted the Twitter app like I normally do. I didn't have to go uh, on there and say those things, but I chose to go on there and say those things because I was angry. And I felt like I needed to get a lot of stuff off my chest. It's just not the place to get stuff off my chest. Social media is simply not the place. So, veteran talent, young talent, super-duper OGs that have no idea what Twitter is, just know that Twitter is great, so is Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever it is that you're on, but when it comes to seriously personal things, particularly when it comes to your employer, and this, this goes for guys like you and me too, Joe, that we got regular jobs, if you're pissed, up at your, pissed off at your job, throw a barbecue, have a couple of carne salads and a few Coronas, and bitch about your boss to your neighbor, okay, face-to-face. Going online and complaining about your employer has hardly ever gotten anything accomplished. And let ACH tell it that he admits that even though he feels justified as to why he was upset, because I think that anybody who's anybody who has any, any conscience of the history of the United States would understand how that could be misconstrued into something racist. The yes. error wasn't in him being upset about it. It was in how he addressed it, Jonesy. So I hope that shows exactly. as a lesson to everybody. To everybody. What up, King Lewis? What up, Nathan? What up, Zach? What up, Lucha? Thank you guys all for being here. Go ahead, Joe. I, I could not agree more. Um, so the the next thing that I wanted to, to talk about is uh, during his daily news briefing today, 
WWE Hall of Famer and United States President Donald Trump continued his recommendations for unproven medical treatment for the coronavirus, this time suggesting that infected people can get better like a miracle by shaving the head of their foe. He did it, and he's not sick, and Vince McMahon isn't sick either, so clearly there is something to head shaving that prevents this unseen Chinese threat from taking your liberty. So there you go. You heard it from Donald Trump himself. If you want you to get rid of the coronavirus, you just have to shave the head of your foe. No, 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 no. Cage, so it sounds like it's going to be a, a definitely 
interesting video game, and it looks to be more of a button smasher than anything else. So you might not want to let your daughter play because it's probably going to be a button smasher. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please, no. Please, no. All right, so on to other news. And again, guys, we still have a few minutes left in high spots. Dial that number, 657-383-1521. If you're here, please tap the thumbs up, the heart, or the care uh, emojis. Uh, reactions, I should say, and please share the broadcast, guys. We don't charge you a dime for listening to the show. We're bringing badass interviews. We're talking about everything in the world of pro wrestling. Hit the hearts. Hit the likes. Hit the share. Make sure you guys are interacting with the Wrestling Talk podcast tonight. Just a couple of moments away from the father, Chris Craven. I can't wait for this. It's going to be a good one. But here's the other thing, and here's something that does have me excited. Jonesy AEW is working yeah. on a game, and it is being headed mm-hmm. by the one and only Kenny Omega. Now, Kenny Omega has a lot of critics, okay, particularly Jim Cornette and, uh, and his disciples. But one, the, the thing that Kenny Omega has always been criticized for is acting like a 12-year-old boy who does nothing but play video games. And you know what? Maybe that criticism is fair. And I'm not going to dispute that criticism. But you know what? If I was trying to find someone to design me a video game, you know who I would pick? I would pick a 12-year-old boy who does nothing but play video games. And from what we hear directly from AEW, yes, we do have media uh, connections over there, guys. So if we bring you some AEW news, you best to believe it's true, unless Joe is citing, like, kayfabe news or something, okay? Which we'll always let you know when we're kidding. We'll always let you know. But here's the beauty of it, Joe, and I didn't even know if you knew this. They're working on a video game. It could be out as early as spring 2021, and mm-hmm. they're looking to bring on board the same developers that made WrestleMania 2000 and N64's classic No Mercy. So if we get that style of game versus WWE Superstars, which in my opinion was absolute trash, sign me up. I want a piece of that game, and I'm not even that huge at AEW, but if the gameplay is anything like it was back on N64, sign your boy up. I'll be first in line. I'll pre-order. I want to play that game. Jonesy, what do you think of what we heard so far about the potential AEW video game? Are you excited or what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it, um, but my feeling is that, you know, AEW basically almost just started, like, what, a year ago? And they're already talking about putting out a video game. This is the same kind of stuff that WCW was 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 doing. And look what happened to WCW. I think that AEW needs to just sit back, focus on their, their wrestling, don't focus on a video game, focus on getting their product down 100% because... We all know that, you know, the uh, WWE has their issues, but AEW has their issues as as well. And, you know, I would rather them be more established and, and be doing it for, you know, a little bit longer before they decide to start making a video game. That's just my opinion. I'll probably still get it, but that's just my opinion. All right. Well, you know what, guys? We got a bunch of other topics that we want to hit on with you guys. We want to talk about the potential Leo Rush retirement news. He was very, very upset about being released due to the whole quarantine situation. He recently made a statement talking about his potential ret- retirement. 
And uh, and you know what? I also want to beckon, and I want to have the answers right here on the Facebook live feed. And if you're listening to us on the replay, feel free to just hit us up directly on one of our social media platforms and tell us what you think. Now that it's all said and done, now that we're on the other side of the mountain, so to speak, do you guys believe that the WWE and the state of Florida were justified in keeping it going during the quarantine? The question is, was WWE essential in your life? I don't want to talk about the whole state, the whole country. I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to talk about to you. Would you have been the better or worse if WWE had not continued to do shows? Because for me personally, Joe, it was essential to me. Because it feeds yeah. into the fantasy group, it feeds into wrestle talk, and had I not had yeah. wrestling, bro, it would have been much more difficult for me. Now, we want to classify essential as like air, shelter, water, you know, that kind of thing. Like, okay, maybe it doesn't fit in there. But as far as staying sane, to me, wrestling was just as, as necessary to my sanity as fresh air and beer during the quarantine. Just me yeah. personally, but we want to get your guys' thoughts. And, Jose, I want to get your thoughts on the other side of this interview, too, but we got to go ahead and get the ball rolling. So, intern Timmy, you know what to do, baby. Go ahead and get that music queued up because now we have a very, very special opportunity to introduce you guys, somebody who is joining the WrestleTalk podcast for the very first time. My man is Helen out of the NYC, the Big Apple, that's right, and he's been in love with the sport throughout his entire life. He grew up idolizing most of the same guys that we all did, Bruno San Martino. And, and of course, you know, when you get an opportunity to start the business in the 90s and you get a chance to work with some of the biggest names in wrestling history, we'll get into that here in just a few minutes, you continue to love the sport for a very, very long time. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's wrestled for ECPW. You're talking about a guy who has spent time with Jake the Snake Roberts. And, and you know what? He's going to share some of those stories with you guys. So go ahead, hit the hearts, hit the thumbs up, hit the care, hit the share as we introduce for the very first time here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 296, the infamous Father Chris Craven. Father Craven, how you doing, sir? Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. How are you today? I'm a, I'm alive and well. Uh, a little disappointed in humanity, but I'm surviving. <laughs> disappointed in humanity. I I can understand that. Now, Father Craven, it, it it seems that you know the first thing I wanted to talk about was in your first day in your debut match. You shattered your ankle. How did that happen in your first match? I was down in Florida, and I was being trained by Dory Funk Jr., and we put on a show to give all the guys a match, and it was just a freak accident. I took an elbow to the chest. I was supposed to take a back bump, and I landed wrong, and my ankle uh, just twisted the wrong way, and it shattered in three places. Uh, I finished the match. And I walked on it for two days before going to the hospital. Wow. That's 
that 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 definitely is is uh tough as 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 nails now you have have said that you learned the the rays of the dark side through your studies of wrestlers such as Kevin Sullivan and the WWE Hall of Famer Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts. What drew you to those particular wrestlers? Their interviews, uh, their ability to tell us. Um, they come across the screen, and when I was when I was a young uh, Father Craven before I was Father Craven. Uh, Jake the Snake, I used to have nightmares about him. So if somebody's going to move you in that way and somebody's going to get inside your head that way and you feel like you're the only one he's talking to when he's on the screen, he, he's talking directly to you when he looks at you. The man is a genius at cutting promos. Um, he knew how to send the chills down your spine. And I've always been uh, geared a little towards and drawn towards the dark side. So um, I have a little flair for that. And Kevin Sullivan is another master of the craft. He knew how to come across the screen. And, you know, people used to have nightmares about the boogeyman and people had nightmares about um, other things in their life. I had nightmares about Kevin Sullivan and Jake the Snake. So as I have grown mm -hmm. to become Father Craven, if I have grown to become Father Craven, um, you take your nightmares and you engulf yourself in them and you find the light through the darkness. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there are no better wrestlers uh, to uh, show you the dark side than Kevin Sullivan and the one and only Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, my last question before I throw it to Renee, because I know he has a bunch of questions, is for those of you that don't know who Father Craven is and don't follow New Evolution Wrestling, what exactly is the Covenant? The Covenant is my, I founded the Covenant almost a year ago. It is my group of disciples, my congregation, those of us who are like-minded people, those of us who think the same, act the same, talk the same. We have the same ideas. And we are not vengeful people. We are not a vengeful, a vengeful family. But those who do not follow the values shall be punished with tough love. You will pay for your sins. You must pray for forgiveness. And you must beg for mercy. Hey, I like this guy, Night Owl. Night Owl, the floor is yours, sir. Why did I, knew, why did I know you were going to say that, Joe? <laughs> I knew it. I knew. I knew Father Craven was going to be right up your alley. Well, Father Craven, uh, here's that kind of my first question to you. Uh, being as you were, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right words here. You had the opportunity to come up in a different era, uh, just like basketball. I mean, where anybody's watching the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan deal, knows that basketball was different then than it is now. Clearly, wrestling was much different back in the mid-'90s than it is now. What have you seen in terms of that character credibility now versus what we saw from guys like Kevin Sullivan, former guest of the show, shout-out to Kevin Sullivan, member of the WrestleTalk family, and, of course, Jason Snake Roberts? Do you think that there's a lack of connection with the talent and the fans and the believability of guys like that. Because
because me personally, I enjoy a lot of what they do these days, but that to me is what's missing. Do you happen to, to be of the same belief? The same belief. That is exactly what is missing. Inside that squared circle, you need to tell a story. And it should not always be about flips and kicks and spots and I got to get this in and I got to get that in. How about selling a story where you don't even touch each other for the first five minutes of the match? How about you sell a story with a lockup, a headlock, a takedown, and, and you sell the crowd? That's what needs to be done in, in this business that we all have a love for. Um, there's too many individuals looking to get their stuff in and too much individuality and not enough people working as a team together. And no doubt and about it. I don't, think any, I don't think anybody ever said it any better. Please continue. When you go in that ring, you should be telling a story. You want to suck that crowd in, and you want to make them believe that everything you're doing is real. You want to suspend their belief, so to say. You want to suspend their belief and make them believe, because that's why they're coming to see us anyway, is so that we suspend their belief for a while. You got your ham and eggers out there working their nine-to-five jobs, and they're going to come and spend their hard-earned $20 or $50 to come see a show. You want to give them something that they could go home, and you want to be that one match on the card or those two matches on the card that people are going to go home, and they're going to say, wow, I really remember what that guy did. Well, you know what? Speaking of guys that have left an impression, an impression in the world of pro wrestling, and you being from New York, and by the way, we're doing a tour of the 50 states, guys. Today we're hitting New York, and we're hitting Las Vegas in the second hour. And, you know, you, you think about, you know, wrestling on the Eastern Panhandle, particularly New York, you automatically have to think of the House of Hardcore. And when you think of the House of Hardcore, you start thinking about, you know, again, the East Coast, ECW, and all those things, man. You had the opportunity to not only work with uh, with uh, Mako, you also worked with Perry Saturn and Taz. Can you take us uh, kind of on the uh, the DeLorean real quick, a little bit of a, a blast of the past, and tell us a little bit what it was like to, to work under the same roof as guys that have become professional wrestling legends as Taz has? Um, well, in the in the beginning, as as I said, I I was learning to be come part of the craft and when you first learn and as a young child or a kid you're starstruck when you meet your heroes for the first time or when you meet the people that you idolize for the first time so there was a little bit of starstruck going on at that time um i wasn't mentally or physically prepared because it was a grueling grueling um training that they had um i trained under mako basically and then when mako felt we were ready we went in the ring with taz and saturn and um i just wasn't mentally and physically prepared at the time wow man what incredible honesty you know i know a lot of folks uh would would try to save face and maybe say hey yeah you know i feel like i kept up with those guys or whatever um but but it's incredible to hear you be as humble as you are and, and as honest as you are about something like that. And I'm sure it was a, a hell of an experience. Uh, the, the next thing that I wanted to ask you, uh, Father Craven, was being a New Yorker, us here – now, I'm originally from the southeast coast. I'm from Bumberton, so I've had my share of interactions with people from New York pretty much my whole life until I was like 19. So nothing new to me. But for everybody else across the country and across the globe that's listening to the Wrestle Talk podcast last night, I mean tonight, I should say, can you tell us what makes those New York fans so special? 
people love working in front of them and people hate working in front of them for pretty much the same reason. So you're at the epicenter of it all. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like to work in front of one of those NYC crowds? New York City can spot a fake in a second, and that's what makes it great. When they see something that they like, they gravitate towards it, and they'll push it 150%. But if New York City doesn't like something, you're going to know about it, and the whole world is going to know about it. Uh, New Yorkers are born and raised with a chip on their shoulder, and that's a God-given right. And we walk around with it, and nobody can take that away from us. You can go anywhere in the world, and you, you are noticed right away as somebody from New York City. Love it. Yeah, and the accent's a dead giveaway, too, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Have you had any uh, crazy fan interactions or experiences at any of the shows that you worked, Father Craven, uh, you know, being up in the, in the region where you are? Do you have any stories you can share with the members of the WrestleTalk family tonight? Nothing that I could keep PG. It doesn't have to be PG. <laughs> um, internet radio, baby, cut it loose. <laughs> there has been times where people have uh, wanted Father Craven's teachings and blessings, but they have fallen short of what I've had to teach. Let me just put it that way.
showed me the ways of what a manager should be, how a manager should act, um, what a manager is expected to do, and also what a manager should look like. Wow. Yeah, he sounds like like, like an absolute uh, awesome guy, and, and it's always cool to have somebody that you look up to, uh, you know, as, as your uh, a mentor. Now, my last question is, um, it took you almost 17 years before you decided to step back into the wrestling ring as a, a manager. Uh, why did you wait so long to step back into the wrestling ring? I was, a lost soul. I was a lost soul wandering the sands of time in purgatory, and I was waiting for the proper moment to ascend from purgatory. And it seems like I've chosen the right moment because for the past few years, I've been preaching that an apocalypse is on the way, and nobody wanted to listen to me. People ridiculed me, go. mocked me. They even doubted me. So I asked society, what say you now? The apocalypse is here, and I'm safely in an undisclosed location with my covenant, and we are training and waiting for this apocalypse to be over so that we can rise once again, and we will lead people to our salvation. There you go. Dude, dude, this man is sharper than a freaking rusty tack, dude. I love it. I love it. Well, here's my final question. A lot of people come up with a lot of great catchphrases and things that they say, but when, when we were doing our research on you and getting all the, the information that we needed for the press release, you have two really great um, – it's not necessarily catchphrases. It's more like nicknames. You're, you're, you go by the Deacon of Devious and the Father of the Fallen. I'm curious, do you come up with these all by yourself, or do you get help? Uh, from members of the covenant when it comes to kind of you're clearly a very creative guy so is this something that you spent time thinking about or did it just kind of come to you when you were developing what is now father crazy in the evolution of everything all things must evolve and in order to survive and if you do not evolve you'll be left in the dust so within the periods of evolution different nicknames or different catchphrases were bestowed upon me by certain members of my covenant and my congregation. As I said before, I am what they need me to be. I am the light. I am the dark. I am the good. I am the evil. What you need to be, me to be, that is my cross to bear. Indeed, man. Dropping knowledge bombs all night long. Well, you know what? I said that was my last question, but I was lying. Father Craven, when this whole quarantine situation is over, what are you most looking forward to? Do you have any immediate plans? And if so, can you share them with the members of the WrestleTalk podcast family? There are many uh, plans in the works for my covenant and my congregation. Um, But an immediate plan that is in the works is New Evolution Wrestling. We'll have a table at the big event. Saturday, November 14th, 2020, and that is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and New Evolution Wrestling will be showcasing the likes of uh, Gary Wolf from the Pitfolds and his new partner, Rage, with the NEW Pitfolds, Wolf, Rage, and their manager, Chaos. Uh, we will be exclusively having NWA Zicky Dice 
We will have Gene Snitsky. And, and we will have La Rosa Negra from Championship Wrestling. Uh, Mr. Big will be there. And if there's a nice donation to my covenant, Father Craven should make an appearance. And we will also um, be held under the umbrella of Robert Saint. He is the guiding force and the visionary behind New Evolution Wrestling. No doubt. Absolutely love that. Well, Jonesy, I'm going to let you have last crack here uh, at Father Craven because let me tell you what, he's clearly up to something devious, and he's thus earned the nickname the Father of the Fallen. Man, any final thoughts for the Father, Chris Craven? Uh, my final uh, question is, uh, and I ask this to just about everybody that uh, comes on to the podcast, is at the end of the day, what do you hope that the fans get out of seeing a show that has Father Craven involved in it? Well, at this time, as we have seen, we live in a society that bases itself on counting money, pounds, calories, and steps. Instead, we should mm-hmm. be basing ourselves on things that really matter, such as family values, my family values, my covenant's family values. I, I've said once before, I am not a vengeful leader, but those who do not follow my values shall be punished with tough love. As it has been said, you will pay for your sins, pray for forgiveness, and beg for mercy. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> That, dude, I'm telling you right now, bro, the intensity in Father Craven's voice speaks volumes. Well, before we let you go, Father Craven, last thing I want to say to you, sir, is please don't be a stranger, okay? Tell people where they can follow you on social media and welcome as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family, man. Really an honor and a pleasure, dude. Thank you for being here. Father Craven can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Father Craven. Also, I would like, um, if I'm allowed, I would like to plug that there will be a wrestling show the night of the big event, November 14th. There will be a new Evolution Wrestling show after the big event, and that will be held on hollow ground at the Queensboro Elks Lodge. So hit up New Evolution Wrestling for more information, for more tickets, and hopefully this pandemic will be lifted, and maybe the next time Father Craven prays and preaches about an apocalypse, the society will listen. Okay, uh, so now, now you're you're not going to believe this, but we have what? a caller that just called in, and it's somebody that oh, knows oh. Yes. Father Craven very, very, very well. Ladies and gentlemen, the hey. one and only Mr. Big. How's it going, sir? It's going fine, and I want to tell you something. Father Craven, good student. He's a great teacher. He's a great student. You know, and the way I always say, if the the student learns, then it means the teacher taught. So I take it as a compliment that he's developed so well. And, And I didn't create Father Craven. All I did was show him the way that he can get his word out to the people and be a believable icon for New Evolution Wrestling, and for any other endeavor that he chooses to enter into. I'm proud of him. And he's a, he's a real deal. And when he says something, you could bet your ass on it and never have to worry about having a place to sit. Wow. Woo-hoo-hoo. I love it. Well, 
I endorse him 100% because he's as serious as a heart attack. And you know what? I'm proud of him. I'll say it over and over again. I'm very proud of him because he knows what he wants to communicate to the people. He communicates it to the people, and they get it. They get it. I helped him with his wardrobe a little bit because I have uh, my own particular sense of style, and I wanted him to be readily understood. You know, it's important when you when you show up at a show, you don't want to have people guessing who you are or what you're about. And now his metamorphosis, he's, he went from being a, a very good caterpillar, but now he's a beautiful butterfly. And now people know what he is. He is Father Craven. He is the father of the fallen. He is the deacon of devious. And that's important that you know that. And if you don't want to follow what he says, you're in for a bad time. Not because he says so, because you're in for a bad time. But he's trying to lead you on the right path. So you better listen, and you better pay attention. You better take notes, and you better follow what he tells you. Because if you don't, you're going to suffer a fate that uh, really I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. There you go. Wow. Big words. (laughs) From a big man. Father Craven, we're going to let you come back in here, man. How does it feel to have a, a man of Mr. Big Stature? I mean, you can just hear it in his voice. The man is imposing over the phone. I haven't even seen this guy, and I'm shaking in my boots right now. Jonesy, I know you feel the same way. Father Craven, how does it feel to be endorsed by a man like Mr. Big? It, it feels very fulfilling. And when the student was ready, the teacher appeared. And I knew what I wanted to get across, and I somewhat knew how I wanted to get it across. But he has opened and enlightened me and enlightened my eyes on how it should be put across. Absolutely amazing. Well, Father Craven, Mr. Big, thank you guys both for your time. Please don't be strangers. It's an honor to have you guys both here on the show for the very first time. And hopefully we'll catch you guys very, very soon down the road, man. Have a great night. Can I follow up with this? I just want to leave everybody with one last thought. I walk in the darkness. So that I walk in the darkness so that others may see the light. The end that is upon us will surely lead to a new beginning. And when the dust settles and we look back, there is only going to be one lingering question that I ask each and every one of you. Are you okay with what we see? Wow. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Father Craven. What a first interview, man. He seems to be a guy that I need to look more into because, you know, Bro, we, he's my, just, my, okay, so my type of guy. Dude, this is, that, these guys, where, where have we been? Why are we not? Oh, my goodness, dude. It sounds like New Evolution Wrestling is off the freaking chain. Guys, New Evolution Wrestling, Mr. Big, Father Craven, representing the great state of New York as we continue our tour of the United States in every state in this great, beautiful union on Cinco de Mayo where we drink cheap beer, eat way too many beans, and wear those ugly-ass sombreros. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our number one of the Wrestle Talk podcast with John Renee. And guess what? For hour two, we're going to merge the rest of High Spots with the FWWC segment Jonesy, can you make sure intern Timmy plays something that isn't going to get us flagged on YouTube or Facebook? Yes. I know. Maybe we could play Father Craven's theme. 
I don't know. You tell me. But listen, it's been a great episode so far. Guys, one okay. more reminder. Please make sure you guys go to WrestleTalkPodcast.com uh, to pick up your WrestleTalk Podcast mug. That's $20 plus shipping. Huge thanks to everybody who joined us in the first hour. Again, particularly Father Craven and Mr. Big and all the wonderful folks over there at New Evolution Wrestling. Man, we just talked to a guy who worked with Perry Saturn and Taz and is now coming into his own, guys. Don't ever give up on your dreams. You break your angle in three places. That doesn't mean the end of you in the pro wrestling world. You can become one of the best managers in the business today. Stop slipping on your pippin' and slacking on your mackin'. If you want to get something done, go out and get the shit done. And that's the bottom line. Jonesy, any final thoughts before we go to break? Oh, man, just how great of a first interview that that was. It was absolutely amazing to, to talk to Father Craven and even be surprised by, by Mr. Big. Like, man, what a freaking first interview. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is, see, Renee has friends that that uh, make music, and I have a friend that makes music as well. Uh, this gentleman, his name, he goes by the name of Nimmons, and he is one of the best tag team wrestlers in the four-state area. Uh, he, he put out a new song by the name of Coolin. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to listen to it, and we're going to be back in Jones, two minutes. Jones, what? Can you please turn it up? Every time the intern TV plays the music, I always got to put my big old ear up to the damn speaker. Can you have him turn the shit up, please? Yes. All right. Well, we will be back in two minutes and 40 seconds. Young shine on the track, boy.
I'm doing, so I tell him that I'm coolin'. Henny that I'm sippin' in the blunt that I'm pullin'. Old, old school caddy, that's a whip that I pull in. Ballet park, you ain't even gotta pull in. And I'm chillin' at the club. My niggas just flex in the paper like a limo, cause that shit is on stress. Chillin' at the party, sippin' the four loco. Run it like Reggie Bush back in the Rose Bowl. My team ball, I don't have to, I'm the coach, yo. Try to act hood in my hood, that's a no-no. When you cross that Brooklyn Bridge, better back it up. Do some mess with Benji's, now we racking up. Yeah, I know you a rapper, but you whack as fuck. Your album drop, your album flop, now you out of luck. Sackage your way, a navigator, coming out the truck. Fresh Nike sneakers on, we going out the stunt. I'm just coolin' with my gang name. Funny, yeah, that Mary Jane. Take it to the brain, dang. Pass me tomorrow, I'll tell you the same thing. If you ain't with us, that's a damn shame. Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm coolin'. Yeah, they ask me what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm coolin'. Nigga, you don't wanna fool with me. All my people chill, and I ain't talking about no jewelry. People chill still, ain't nobody cool as me Come on, keep it real, what the fuck you gonna do to me? Truthfully, let's compare you to me Place you under scrutiny, these cats ain't even half of what I used to be I lay my verses down cold, under 32 degrees So when my tracks get down lows, I'm known to make them do the streets Usually I'm smoking on a Yo, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all Check me out Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4 Even them haters can't hate us no more So unlock your door, cause we got some more Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best guests Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest WrestleTalkPodcast.com Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, we are back, we are back. Hopefully the Night Owl enjoyed that song. Well, not really, because I could care less, because now it's Nightmare Jones' time, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> no, it's not. Representing No, it is not. No, it is not your time. And, Joe, you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. I got word just a couple of hours ago that you cannot continue to terrorize and take over the FWWC Tonight podcast every Friday, available at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. That is the exclusive home of the FWWC. That's the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. Dude, just because you end up having the help running the boards or whatever doesn't mean you can just interject yourself whenever the hell you feel like it, okay? you got to be more respectful, Nightmare Jones. You're not going to do it there, and you're not going to do it here. It's not right. I don't know it's what you're talking right. about, huh? I, 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 I have no idea what you're talking about. Bruh, just go back and listen to any episode where you play your music and you interject whatever the hell you feel like it, Nightmare Jones. We're all sick of it. We're all sick of it. Flat out. Flat out. But you know what? Enough of that. Enough of that. Here's what we're going to do. The phone lines are now open for the members of the FWWC. Enter to me. There's somebody on the line, and you haven't checked yet. Do me a big favor. Check on that. Okay? We got Luchador, who's been waiting for a long time. He's going to definitely go first. And we have one of the GMs. I'm not going to tell you guys who, but we have one of the GMs ready to come on and bring the heat. While we do the FWWC, we will also be taking calls.
and him coming back and saying that he recognizes that publicizing all his grief uh, with WWE was a huge mistake. We asked everybody, was WWE essential to you during the quarantine? I know it was to me, and not in the traditional sense, not like water, bread, shelter, but for entertainment's sake, for the sake of the fantasy group, for the sake of the podcast, it was essential to me. And initially, I was upset that they were getting special treatment. We mentioned Leo Rush potentially retiring. Does that bother you? We also talked about there will be no WWE 2K21, but there will be another WWE game coming out later this year that will be similar to WWE Superstars. And we also talked about AEW's video game potentially being developed by the same people that developed the legendary N64 WWF back then, No Mercy. Go ahead and dial that number, whether you're calling in for the FWWC or the remainder of the high spot segment. Guys, that number is 657-383-1521. And you know what? We've got plenty of time tonight. And the fact that I only see five or six callers is a little disappointing. Where is the FWWC at? And why aren't you guys wanting to come on and talk high spots with us? I mean, I hear people complaining about, man, I really miss wrestling. I can't interact the way that I used to. You know what? That's why we do this for you guys. The Wrestle Talk Podcast has been around for almost 300 episodes because we want to give you an opportunity to voice your opinion outside of, like, Facebook and Twitter. And we all know that we all get kind of, like, limited, right? It's all algorithms and nonsense. So what you say, even if it's, like, earth-shattering, groundbreaking shit, only so many people are going to get a chance to hear it and see it. Well, you know what? There's no better place than the Wrestle Talk Podcast to voice how you feel about anything in the world of professional wrestling. So dial that number, guys, 657-383-1521. And if you're listening to us on the replay, ah, we love you just the same. Thank you so much. Be sure to leave us a rating no matter what platform you are listening to us on. All that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring on a man that has many talents. He's a chef. He's a pro wrestler, and he occasionally comes on and hosts the Lucha Lounge, where we get updates on everything concerning the world of Lucha Libre and how appropriate mm-hmm. and on Cinco de Mayo you continue to show your dedication as a member of the Wrestle Talk family, Luchador, by joining us, sir. Welcome to the show tonight. What is on your mind? Oh, man. First and foremost, Joe Renee, happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Well, wait, say that again. Dude. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Feliz Cinco de Mayo Yay! para todo. What, where's my, where's, hold on. I'm sitting here waiting. There it is. Uh, there it is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Anytime anyone says Cinco de Mayo, intern Timmy, you hit the button. You hear what I said? Anytime anybody says Cinco de Mayo, oh, there it is. Let's talk about last night's last night's Monday Night Raw challenge for this luchador here, and of course I took on a, took on the great and legendary man himself, Jimbo Slice, in a one-on-one classic, of course. Now I didn't get the victory, and neither did he, but 
We showed everybody in the WWC what old school wrestling and Lucha Libre does inside that ring. And and now I'm hearing from the general manager, Heel Deal, that tomorrow, starting tomorrow night, on a special Wednesday night challenge, I will be taking on Mr. Julius Cairo in a best of three series. This match starts tomorrow night. It goes on to Friday night SmackDown challenge. And the next and the final series we will end on the Monday night raw challenge, I believe and that's going to be something else, especially coming up with the uh, money in the bank on, on mother's day. I will be challenging him, uh, fallen and big Papa Kirk Jimbo slice in a fatal four way golden ticket opportunity match. That's going to be a lot on my plate this week. Dude, you are a very, very busy guy right now, Luchador. I'm curious, man. You saw what happened in the FWWC Pick'em Round 1 this past Friday. How do you feel your brand did? Well, I believe my brand did very good. You know, we, we acquired uh, the great uh, Professor Crapel. You know, man, I've, I've fought countless times here in the FWWC when he was an active competitor. You know, I look forward to fighting him once again uh, later on down the road. And, um, of course, you know, I was kind of spoiled. I didn't get to say my piece on Friday, but here I am now. Thank goodness. <laughs> no doubt, Luchador. Well, listen, I got a lot of people on the line excited for their opportunity to come on. The phone lines continue mm-hmm. uh, uh, to fill up right now, man. Do you have a message for any of those people that you're going to be facing, whether it be Wednesday night, Sunday night, or maybe even Monday, man? Any final words for your opponents? Well, I just want to say to uh, Mr. Julius Cairo, uh, these last few these last few challenges, I've I have seen a different side of Julius Cairo. This is not the Julius Cairo that I remember. I remember the Julius Cairo that was uh, mean, sadistic and brutal in that ring. But now I've seen that he's uh, been getting himself involved in in car accidents and having to forfeit his matches. I mean, this is not the Julius Cairo I remember. I want to see that that man that brought the fire, that that took the – that I remember one time me and Julius Cairo, we battled for the FWWC Heavyweight Championship at Fastlane, and – he brought that fire to that ring, and he took that championship from me that night. And that's the Julius Cairo I want to see in this series. Woo! Somebody tag that man right now. Somebody tag Julius Cairo. Let him know that he just got called out by the one and only Luchador de Kansas City on Cinco de Mayo. If that doesn't get his attention, maybe this will. Big T, welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight, sir? 
It's great to be back, gentlemen. Hey, first and foremost, I got to express my mind here. And I know Tank Westbrook ain't going to like this, but quite frankly, the Infinite brand is tired of carrying the load for the Rise brand. Hill Deal, you need to get it together, brother, because I'm tired of overworking my body to put extra matches on because you can't fill the card. Whoa, Big T the Python. Just a couple of days ago, you were talking about the fact that this was the one time in your career that you're actually happy to be on the brand that you're on, and now you're taking shots. Big T, explain yourself. Well, you know, um, it's just quite frankly, you know, we got the greatest general manager that's ever been on the infinite brand, blue brand, whatever you want to call it in the last long time, right? We're putting on matches. This guy's up all hours of the night trying to put the card together. And it just rubs me the wrong way when he's having to make matches for other brands just to make sure that everything's done right. Wow. That is huge. Big T, doing your best to send shockwaves through the rest of the FWWC. Well, my last question is this, sir. You clearly have some unfinished business inside the squirt circle. What can we expect from you at FWWC Money in the Bank? Well, what you can see is see me walk in the FWWC headquarters on the first floor and walk every stair up to the top of the building and capture the Intercontinental Championship. Fallen nor KLB will walk out with that belt. And you can bet my ass on that. You can take that to the bank. Well, Big T, before we let you go, I did want to get your thoughts on one last thing. Was WWE essential to you during the quarantine? Absolutely, absolutely. But honestly, let's be honest. AEW's put out the better product. And that's all I got to say tonight, boys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, wave goodbye to Columbus Park. There goes what could be your future FWWC Intercontinental Champion. Big T, the pie's on. Guys, again, as I promised, we are going to be getting to the general managers in just a couple of moments. We're, we usually prioritize the GMs, but we're going to go ahead and let the superstars get their time in the sun, and the phone lines continue to light up. we still got time for you guys. We've got about 12 minutes before our final guest of the evening, who I'm very, very excited about. You know, talk about a guy who's been recognized in the world of professional wrestling, Okay. This guy's not necessarily a wrestler, but he's a pro wrestling historian, okay? He began following professional wrestling about 30 years ago, and since then, he's been on the radio, okay? And uh, he's a lifetime member of the Cauliflower Alley Club, which Nightmare Jones is a part of, Skywalker Roberts is a part of, and so many different people that are entities in the world of pro wrestling, valued entities, uh, are a part of. Uh, So, guys, here in about 10... 15 minutes, we're going to be talking uh, to the one and only Brian Westcott. Make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Now, we're going to move on to our next caller. And I want to actually start off with a non-FWWC question, if you will so indulge me, sir. And then we'll move into the FWWC stuff. So, El Diablo, uh, I know you've been traveling through time and space. Very grateful that you made time for the WrestleTalk podcast tonight, man. How are you doing? Doing very well. And your audio sounds tremendous. 
Man, you must have got the speakers updated in the spaceship, bro. Very, very nice. Very nice. Okay, David, so. David, night out. Now, I don't mean to interrupt you, but how dare you bring on the best champion in the FWWC without bringing him on with music? Interim Timmy, hit that music. You don't have the right song. You don't even have the right song. Uh, thank you, Jones.
Marcus Mayhem has been forced to step away from in-ring action for an indefinite amount of time. You're closest to Almanta from what I understand. The question is, what's going to happen with the FWWC Undisputed Heavyweight Tag Team Championships? Can you give us any insight? Can you break any news here on the WrestleTalk Podcast FWWC segment? I don't know if I could give you a direct message from the boss himself, but I could give you something to get your guys' minds going. I wouldn't doubt that he could handle it all on his own, but I feel like something people around the FWWC would enjoy more it's for me to hold another title. But Oh wow. Like I said, what what else like is I new? Said, <laughs> Jeez Louise, like you're a million said, people, man. You're so predictable. So predictable. But like I said, this is not straight from the horse's mouth itself. This is all just to get your mind. Speculation. Going. Speculation. More mind games. From La Familia. Okay, well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty because we have uh, at least one more caller, and then we got to jump into our conversation with the general managers. And, again, guys, we're about five to ten minutes away from our second featured guest of the evening, uh, the one and only Brian Westcott is going to be joining us. Man, he's a historian. He's very knowledgeable. He's been recognized in the world of pro wrestling, and he's deserved every single recognition that he's ever received. So, Diablo, this situation with you and Arden Murphy has absolutely gotten out of control. There's been zero mention of the Spartan Tar Championship here as of late. Arden Murphy is not clear to compete. He's shown up to the arena driving a goddamn ambulance. What the hell is going on with you and Arden Murphy? You've driven the Irishman off the deep end. Do you take any responsibility for that? And are you prepared to face him this upcoming Sunday at FWWC Money in the Bank? Because I don't think you are. Personally, I don't think you're ready. I've never seen Arden Murphy this upset before. But don't you get it, Night Owl? I've driven Arden Murphy crazy. I've been trying to explain from the beginning titles, everybody. It's about the power I have over you all. As you can see, the nice, friendly leprechaun has been driven mad. So for you to be doubting me is beyond me. If I were you, I would be worried for him. All right, El Diablo. Well, you sound incredibly confident. And it's almost like you're not paying attention because Arden Murphy is livid right now. And you seem so cool, collected, and calm. You always come across as a super cool, slick guy. And honestly, I, I don't think you know what, what's coming. I, I really don't. So good luck to you, sir. Good luck to you as you attempt to defend the FWWC World Championship for the very first time. When that bell rings, sir, that bell will be on the line, and the talking will be done. Best of luck to you. Have a good night. Boom, baby. Oh, my gosh. 
you know, I, I'm supposed to be unbiased, but this this La Familia stuff, I mean, you know, Nightmare Jones, I know you're always around and you're listening, and I don't need you to comment on this, but it's like, you, you knew that he was going to try to weasel his way into a championship that he didn't earn. Now, in his defense, the world championship, Mata, I guess, gave it to him to present to the match, right? He wasn't actually a champion, but and then he went in and won the belt which was absolutely unprecedented. I don't even think he knew he was going to win, but he did. So for now, we'll go ahead and take the Diablo, uh, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, on his word. But woo, this Sunday, we're going to find out what it's really all about. And you know what? I guess I would be remiss if we're talking about what it's all about and we didn't bring this man in. This dude is riding in stretch hummers. Rocking gold jewelry, smoking fine cigars, and now he finds himself as the number one pick last Friday's FWWC Pick'em. Ladies and gentlemen, a man that now has a home, the one and only Mr. Swag. Mr. Swag, how you feeling, baby? I know you got to be feeling real good right now. Oh, I'm feeling real good because I am number one. Get that shit down and ride it, son. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my stable mates over there. In, <clears throat> sorry, Infinite Brand. Them guys who do battle, they do battle. Don't watch them, but I tell you what, they taking me in like family. Treat me like family. Show me the ropes. Show me how things work around there. I gotta give them guys some love. Tank Westbrook, give him some love. All that good stuff, man. I'm just saying, it's good to be number one. That's all I can say. Well, Mr. Swag, we're going to keep it short and sweet because you're you're a man that likes to let your money talk and BS walk. Now that you're on the same brand as the Warriors Heart Champion, Savior Saint, do you have any intentions of, you know, sliding Mr. Westbrook a little note and seeing if you can't get yourself into the upcoming Warriors Heart Championship match later this summer? I mean, being an up-and-coming competitor. He's got an additional ticket into the Warriors Heart Championship match, which is our biggest belt in the whole company. Everybody knows it. It's no secret. Are you going to mm-hmm. try to maneuver your way in to the top match at the biggest pay-per-view come sometime in June? Well, Mr. Swag himself is always working deals. All right? So the opportunity will present itself, and I'm going to jump on it. I don't know how it's going to happen yet. I'm just new to this, but the opportunity will present itself. You best believe I ain't going to miss it. I want that bling. I got to get some bling. You seen that bling on my on my fingers? I got to get some bling I around know. my waist, too, partner. Got to get that bling around my Yo, waist, I swear, too. I was telling you, listen, and Mr. Swag, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm the night out with VOD, but I'm a fan. I'm like, Yo, this dude's like the white Mr. T. This man's got gold rings. <laughs> man, this man is killing it right now. <laughs> Hey, listen, you're I doing pity great. The I'm going to stand my way. Keep, keep your nose clean. You got a great general manager, Tank Westbrook. And more than anything else, man, just stay away from those La Familia guys. You're nothing but trouble, man. That's the only advice I can give you. <laughs> right on, my brother. Well, uh, keep doing your thing, man. Enjoy the show. Swag's out. Swag is out. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to close it out. The last four and a half, almost five minutes here before we bring on uh, Brian Westcott, man. I'm so excited to talk to this gentleman, man. He loves wrestling the way that we do. And for those of you that are like, what are we even talking about? This is fantasy wrestling, guys. We do it 
every show. We've been doing it for a long time. Jonesy knows it. He loves it. Everybody loves it. It's the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, and it's been keeping me sane during the quarantine. More information over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Again, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. You can read the mugs. You can read the press releases, videos, and, of course, you can find out more about the FWWC. I'm going to give you guys two and a half minutes apiece, okay? And I want you guys to come in and knock it out of the park because everybody who's come in thus far has absolutely done that. And we're going to start with the lady because it's the proper thing to do. I know some of you guys have lost your manners. Chivalry is not dead, ladies and gentlemen, at least not here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, as we welcome in the general manager for FWWC Inferno, Hardcore Sis. Well, good evening, Night Owl, and happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh-oh, she said it! Enter Timmy, hurry up! Hit it, baby! You gotta hit it! Exactly. I had to make sure you fellas are awake over there. You know? Hey, we're doing it. Hey, well, you've been listening to the show. It's nothing but fireworks going on around here. I'll tell you what. Something major just happened. And I think it's important to get your thoughts on it. During this last, uh, uh, this last pick'em, the very first pick'em in year three for round one, you, you were a part of a trade. And there's been a lot of speculation about what this trade means. Uh, clearly, Infinite was already in good shape. They won round one, and now people are making the argument that they not only won round one, but that they won the pickup based on the trade. My question, and this is the first time we're getting an opportunity to get your thoughts, Hardcore Sis, how did you feel about the trade? Were you comfortable with it? And do you agree that Infinite won the trade. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's what people are saying. Well, let me just say this. You know, in the trade, as everyone knows, I got Nightmare Jones. Now, Jonesy is not that bad a person at all. In fact, he's pretty good. You know, he's a damn good part commodity here in the FWWC. Now, I was a little apprehensive at first because I kind of thought maybe, just maybe, that Mr. Westbrook was sending him over because he had been a little disgruntled with me. And I thought, oh, they're sending him over and he's coming over to spy on us. But, you know, I know that that wouldn't happen. For one thing, we're La Familia, and La Familia doesn't do that to their own. And two, I know that Elmada himself and you, Nidal, would never allow that. So when it came down to allowing Daniel Grimm to go to, I had a little intrepidation because I kind of like Daniel Grimm. And though sometimes he can be a bit outspoken, I had no problem, you know, with him staying on my team. And since the trade, I have had a couple members of Infinite saying, oh, we pulled the rug right out from under you. Oh, we got the best of this deal. How's it feel to be on the bottom? Seriously, <laughs> Daniel Grimm is good at what he does, but I still have Bishop. I still have Madman Joe. I have Jonesy now, and though he's on a little bit of a hiatus, I still have Marcus Smith. 
I have the other members of my team, Massacre, Battle Cat, and Voorhees. And in the tray, in the pick'em, I got GI Shy. So, yes, you I'm did. not hurting. Yeah. I'm not hurting at all. If anything, I think I may have come out ahead in the pick'em. It's all good. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Well, sis, we'll have to leave it there so we can give Tate Westbrook his two and a half minutes. But I will say that: how quickly did people forget? that you ended up with what a lot of people were saying was the top pick. No disrespect to swag. I have no dog in the fight, but people were like, G.I. Shy, whoever gets G.I. Shy is, is without question going to be the winner of the draft. You got G.I. Shy. You picked up Nightmare Jones, who has a lot of power, not only in being a member of La Familia, but also kind of playing a big part in the Wrestle Talk podcast. I don't know. Maybe no one noticed. He's the co-host of the show, uh, along with me. I'm also the co-host, obviously. So, I don't know. <laughs> Power swings in different ways at different times. And I think short term, some people who are making certain accusations or certain assumptions may be correct. But in three months, we'll see. We will absolutely see. Well, Hardcore thank you so much for your time. We have to get to Tate Westbrook, and then we're going to bring on our oh, featured just, just guest. One more of- thing, though. One more thing I would like to say to well, those naysayers out there. Of course, I'm going to give you a chance to make your final comments, but but immediately after the FWBC, a reminder, guys, we are going to get to Brian Westcott, uh, who's a respected historian of professional wrestling. Since I know you'll be listening. It's going to be an absolutely wonderful interview. Go ahead and hit us with your final of course. thoughts. I just want to also say that, you know, despite what I picked up in there, I also got quite a nice mystery box. And certain people should remember that because you never know how I might use my two-week freeze-out and who might fall victim to that. You folks have a great evening, and bless your hearts. <laughs> Dude, she took so much negative uh, uh, um, feedback from certain people after the pick and I don't see her confidence waning at all. I just I, I hear hardcore says, you think she'd be a little down because some of the things that have been said, but no, it, it almost sounds like she's already moved on to the next step and isn't giving it any attention. I love to hear that. Well, Tank Westbrook, it would be silly if we closed out this segment without talking to the general manager that has led his team to a round one win. Sir, I hate that the time is limited, like I told Hardcore Sis, because we do have to get on. Brian Westcott, but man, I gotta get your thoughts, dude. You had a great round one. You had a great pick 'em. You have a lot of momentum moving forward. How are you feeling right now, Tate? Night out. How you doing tonight? You know, yes, we have a lot of momentum going for us. We are the round one winners. You're correct. Hardcore sis can sit there and think that she might have won the pick 'em on Friday, but she didn't. I. I got one of the best teammates, members from her brand. She even said to herself, you know, she, she kind of likes Grimm. So how did she – no, she didn't win nothing. I mean, stop well, banging well, wait for a minute. damn wait, wait a minute. Wait, let, me, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. And, and, and I don't want to take away from your time. You'll get your time, okay? But you won round one, Okay. All due respect. So what you were doing was working. Your top guys, and 
somebody said infinite brand, those were those were probably been the first three names that came to my mind. So, and, and I hate to ask you a tough question here because, I, again, I know you got things that you want to say, but how can you have a winning recipe? How can you have the, the recipe of the chili that won the contest at the BFW and then take that recipe and change it? I, I'm not saying you did something wrong or right, okay? I, I'm not saying – but but I, I want to understand your thought process because clearly – you were doing something right. You won round one. Why make such a drastic change in changing somebody that was what everybody would consider to be one of your top guys? You could have moved somebody else. And I don't want to throw any names out because I don't want to disrespect anybody else on your brand, but you got other guys. So what made you feel, even though you've been successful, that you needed to make this change, and why did you choose Nightmare Jones? I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thought process behind that. Two different things. One, first, I have a quick, quick question. Have you ever watched TV shows of like cooking shows where they they get judged? Yes, I love those shows, dude. Guy Fieri, okay. uh, what, what yep. else? Like uh, Chef Ramsay, like a, a thousand of them. I love those shows. Okay, so they always give you criticism. They always tell you something that you could do better. You might have won this round, but there's something that you can do for the next round. Correct. Yes. Okay. So. That's what that's my mentality. Yes, I have a, a good recipe of winning round one, but there's something that I might be missing. There might be something a little bit of too much salt, too little bit too much pepper, too much of cayenne, too much of this, too much of that. Well, Nightmare Jones and I had a little spit and spat and going back and forth. He didn't see eye to eye with me fully, one hundred percent. He was happy that I brought him on my brand. He was happy. To be part of round one winners But he started Jacking that jaw too much So Yes I round I won round one But There's something missing There might be something too extra So I, I had to get rid of what I thought To take me to round two And win that So that's my thought of getting rid Of Nightmare Jones And bringing Daniel Graham To a winning brand See he was on a losing brand in round one. He's going to start getting the taste of victories. He's going to start getting the taste of what winner's circles taste like. And then, and then everybody will see my picture, and that will be the year three brand battle winners. You see, that's not wow. only why I called in and talked. I wanted to bring Love something it. else Love up. I'm I'm, I'm a little hey, agitated hey, right drop now. Your heat. Drop your heat. Do it right now. No interruptions, man. Tell us what you got to tell us so we can wrap this up and move on to Brian Westcott, man. What do you got for us, baby? So Friday after the pick'em, yeah, he'll deal one a mystery box of you know going for any med card title when either either brand Inferno or Infinite. That's fine. Perfectly fine. See after that, I started. Really working into my FWWC Money in the Bank card, getting my matches prepared, letting everybody know who they're going to be fighting. And then I get a knock on my door. Heel Deal walks into my office, sits down, and he says, you know, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for your brand. You know what? That's fine. I, and personally, I feel that he's too intimidated. I don't think he has the balls to go after Hardcore Sis because she does 
and I will give it to her, she does have that mystery box to freeze a superstar. So he doesn't have the balls to go after her. So he comes trickling to my office. He says, you know what, you got the FWWC Intercontinental Championship. KUB has it. I want that title on my brand. I said, you know what, that's fine. But you're going to be going in a triple threat match. Bring one of your superstars. They'll be facing Big T. They'll be facing KOB. In the first ever FWWC corporate ladders match. So he says, okay, fine. He gave me a superstar as of last night that won their matches over there on Rise Brand, and it's fallen, fallen. I'm going to tell you this. You are now in a dog-eat-dog world right now. You are not going to be coming over to my brand and trying to take my title, trying to take KOB's title. So you know what, heel deal? You just wasted a damn box on my brand when you could have gone over there to Inferno and grew some balls and taken something over there. But you know Ooh. what? I'm going to tell hey, you this. you know what, so, Chris Brooke? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, yeah, hold on no, I got wait, one more thing wait. to say. I gotta, before you move on, I got to say this. Because it is going to be an interbrand match, the BOD has come to a decision concerning this matchup. Enter, Timmy, if you would. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The board of directors has some breaking news about this amazing match going down at FWWC Money in the Bank. That's right. Because this is a triple threat match between two infinite and one rise competitor, we will have a special guest official ringside, and that is none other than the one and only, the eccentric, the unpredictable, the always office rocker, down for a good time, ready to take you to a very, very psychedelic place, baby. Folks, stitches himself will be officiating this intercontinental matchup. Including the intercontinental champion, the KOB, the King of Bleach Style. Sir, this is going to be a tremendous matchup. Please make sure the rest of the general managers are made aware of this take, Westbrook. Please give us your final thoughts. I'll give everybody my – to the other GMs, I'll let them know later, but I'm going to tell them this. For general manager and the infinite brand, we're coming. <laughs> Nightmare Jones, listen, I know, I know you're going to be mad because we went over on time with the FWWC. But, man, the quarantine has been difficult on all of us, Joe, and I don't know where I would have been without all those wonderful people of the FWWC. Tank Westbrook basically just called a shot and hit a home run, and everyone before him, Joe, did the exact same thing, bro. How much do we love the FWWC right right now on the Wrestle Talk podcast, bro? Give me the love. Oh, oh yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. We, we love the FWWC 100%, sir. 100%. Love. Love it. Love it. Well, thank all you guys. Thank you guys for calling in. I want to thank you personally. You guys have definitely brightened up my day. Uh, I love everything that they're doing, guys. If, if you can't wrestle, if you're physically, mentally, financially, spiritually limited, and you can't actually go live out your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler, don't fret. 
the next best thing is available over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Hit the Fantasy Wrestling segment, develop the character, compete with us during live challenges, win yourself a championship, and you know what? It's been an absolute blast, bro. Royal Rumble 2013 was my first appearance in the FWWC, bro, and I am not going anywhere. I'm so, so proud to be a member a member of the BOD, dude. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, Josie, we have another guest coming up, and I'm going to let you do the intro, but before you do, I want to remind everybody just one last time uh, how appreciative we are of our sponsors, Rathbum Engraving, Esports, Royal Mills Transportation, The Conspiracy Farm, and Talking Dynasty are all making the Wrestle Talk podcast relevant. They talk about us, we talk about them, they take care of us, we take care of them. It's truly great to be able to network with so many wonderful people and companies. All that said, Joe, why don't you go ahead and do the introduction for our second featured guest of the evening, Brian Westcott. Go ahead, Joe. Absolutely. This gentleman that we are getting ready to bring on has been following professional wrestling for 31 years. Since that time, he is going to become an accomplished professional wrestling historian Known by the listeners as the the listeners of IHWE Radio as the Human History Book, Brian Vescott is a former official historian of the NWA and the current historian for the Idaho Wrestling Club. He's a lifetime member of the California Alley Club. He was honored with the Red Baston Friendship Award at the 2012 California Alley Club reunion. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to bring on the one and only Brian Westcott. Yeah. And uh, that's where I got, got hooked. 
The Mega Power is awesome. See, myself, I've been yep. a wrestling fan since uh, WrestleMania 3, you know, watching Ricky the, the Dragon Steamboat versus uh, the Macho Man. But, yes, the the Mega Powers explode. I remember that WrestleMania very, very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a real good match, too. Of course, Savage was really good in the ring. You know, it's a real shame we lost him, and we're coming up to the anniversary of his death. We just had the anniversary of uh, Miss Elizabeth on May 1st. And uh, today is kind of the uh, history. It is the anniversary. 35 years ago today, we had what became known as the Parade of Champions with uh, the NWA with Irving, Texas. In uh, mm-hmm. But, yes, it did, so like I say, uh, with World Class, so these were huge events. So, so, so uh, Kevin Von Erich was involved, and uh, but, of course, uh, tomorrow will be the real big anniversary with the real big Parade of Champions, May the 6th, 1984, with Kerry Von Erich winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship belt. It should have been David. David had died mm-hmm. February 10th, 1984. He was 25 years old. And, we're, and of yes. course, still being debated how he died, but over 30-some-thousand fans. A lot of those fans came out in respect of David. And it was, you know, it was good for what it was. I mean, Flair, you know, he was a great ring general. And, you know, true professional, you know, greatest of all time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Ben Carey, Carey, he had a great look, awesome physique, but uh, he wasn't reliable. So that's why the title yes. reign was just a short one. That's why uh, they gave the belt back to Flair on uh, May 24th. It was a two out of three falls match, uh, what they all were. And, of course, these matches, they would go 60-minute uh, title of it. They were uh, what we call a one-hour Broadway. But with the uh, Father of Memorial Parade of Champions, so what that happened 35 years ago today? Well, let's say Ric Flair battled Kevin Von Erich to a double countout. Main event was uh, Kerry Von Erich did one-man game. This match was Kerry's hair versus Gary Hart's hair. So, mm-hmm. and, of course, we had fantastic skit, Miss Midnight Express. And just, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Renee, I, I, I kind of have to say this. I am so glad I don't have to do the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge tonight. <laughs> Bro, shut, shut up, Joe. Shut up. And you know what? I'm going to jump in and, and ask a quick question. I know it's your turn, Joe, but I'm really, really excited. So, um, Brian, <laughs> the first thing I want to say is I admire you. Uh, as a uh, pro wrestling podcaster and commentator, uh, I wish I could retain more information so just being able to be like a human encyclopedia is something that I was always jealous of growing up in school. I was always the guy that had to spend extra time taking notes because it was hard for me to retain information. And, and, and by today's definition is intelligence. It is not so much being able to create new things, but it's able to be able to retain information that you've learned. And I'm terrible at that. So I admire the fact that you can do that first and foremost. And, and the thing that I wanted to say is you remind me of Bill After, and I don't know if that's something that you're, like, proud of or that you would take offense to that. People have their thoughts on Bill After, um, just like they have the thoughts on other pro wrestling media. Um, but if I said that to you and made that comparison, is that something that you would be, like, cool with, or is that something maybe you would prefer that we do not do? 
Because just listening to you sound like a guy that has that kind of, of memory and, um, and knowledge base. So uh, what are your thoughts? Well, let's see. Uh, I know right now we're doing the Dark Side of the Ring series on Vice. They're doing yes. a real good episode tonight. Herb Abrams. Oh, my goodness. This guy was character with the UWF. So I'm sure that's going to get a lot of ratings. But I know with one of their best ratings, they talked about one of my, my favorite wrestler at that time. And with, and yeah, I think we could go ahead and talk about it. Since we're talking about history, Chris Benoit, pound for pound, he was the best wrestler on the planet. 2004 was mm-hmm. his year. Given the World Heavyweight Championship, winning the Royal Rumble, pound for pound, he was one of the best. And then the tragedy occurs. So, yeah, it's it's real tough. I mean, and look at what the what, what we're doing with Roman Reigns right now. They're kind of doing the same thing, kind of erasing him from history. But so that's not a, a good thing either. That could backfire. But then again, with Roman, with his health, and hopefully he has saved a lot of his money. He could be at the point where maybe Hollywood is ready for him. Maybe he can go the way of uh, The Rock and John Cena. Because I hopefully they'll uh, he'll take advantage of that. So besides, I think WWE is ready to pursue some other stars, make some new stars, and uh, I mean it's been talked about, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it. WWE, Vince McMahon, and like I say, he's burned out. The XFL went bankrupt. Uh, WrestleMania was tough, and uh, they had to let go a lot of people. So it's been real tough on everybody. But there has been talk of WWE maybe being sold, possibly to ESPN or even Fox. Now Disney owns ESPN. So right. if I were Vince and if he was uh, basically ready to go out on a hideout, protect his legacy, that would be the way to go with Disney. But we'll see. So uh, well, well, anyway, Brian, let me let me jump in, Brian. Let me jump in again, and I do want to get it back to Joe. But but I, I and I love all that information. We'll get into that here in just a second. But I do want to ask you. So in doing my research of you and knowing that you're a historian, how do you feel about a comparison to Bill After? I know he's a guy that's been a, a very successful media member uh, in the pro wrestling world, but I'm curious. I, I would see that as a compliment, but what are your thoughts on Bill, and do you see yourself in the same light? Oh, well, it's, uh, now who, who are you asking about? I can almost barely hear you guys. Bill After. Bill After. Oh, Bill After. Oh, great guy. Wonderful guy. Deserves right. to be in no, the Hall of Fame for of, sure. He, he Bill After, I met in 2016 at TAC. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, he was one of the various people that turned me on to pro wrestling, George Napolitano. I had the stuffings out of him at CAC. He was another guy that got me into, yeah, these photographers, these historians. They need us. Because we're the yes. ones that are keeping the wrestling history alive. Yes. Because without that, us it. and without people, they're going to go away. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And, and, I, and I hate to go back to the same question. I know there's, uh, uh, you know, so much. There's so many directions we can go in. And, Joe, I know this is still your time. But I wanted to make sure that I highlighted that because there are people who are documenting the history of the sport. Some people are doing it like John Cosper in a book. Uh, some people are doing it uh, via podcast or, or video. Um, it's important that we do this. 
to keep the history of the sport alive and to be a human encyclopedia of the sport. Joe, we need more people like uh, uh, Bill After. We need more people like Brian Westcott who don't forget stuff like me, right, that don't forget stuff like kids that back in the 90s used to hide behind the portable and smoke those cigarettes that smelled funny, okay? My, my point is it's very important for me to highlight that because I think um, I think historians are so underappreciated in the F, I mean in the uh, fraternity of professional wrestling, and guys like you should be getting honored, Brian. I think that the award that you got was very deserved, okay? Because the history of the sport is everything. Today is a passing moment, Joe. And, and, and it'll be gone tomorrow, and we'll be on to something else. So that, the fact that there's people that are capturing it is so important, like Bill After, like Brian Westcott. So, Brian, uh, I apologize for jumping in. I just wanted to accentuate that point because we talk to commentators, wrestlers, managers. We talk to all kinds of people. You know we don't talk to a lot, Joe? Historians. They're very important, and I think we need to make sure to recognize that and be thankful for them, Joe. Go ahead and take back over, man. I apologize for that. Oh, oh yeah, I thought that's great. That's real good. Yes, we are appreciated. And that's part of the reason why we've got the Red Bestie Award. We just give it to fans like myself, you know, people who are who have never thrown through a dime in the business. And then there's the Jim Melby Historian Award that I give to people who have actually published something. And Jim Melby, he raised the bar for us historians. But so did J. Michael Canyon, and he was quite the character. His ashes are actually at the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum in Wichita Falls. And, yeah, he encourages he encouraged people, take some ashes with you. They pretend like J. Michael is there with you at an actual baseball game or, or a pro wrestling event. Yeah, he was pretty serious about that. But, yes, I appreciate awesome. that. Thank you guys so much. It is nice to be appreciated and uh, for accomplishments. Yeah, it was a very humbling night winning that uh, Red Bass Dave French Award. Very humbling. And to win it on Roddy Piper's 58th birthday, too, that was a big deal because Red Bass Dave was Roddy Piper's best man at his wedding. And at that time, Red Bastion was dying. What? He had Alzheimer's, and he died August 11, 2012. He was 81. Ronnie Piper, I met him the year before, in 2011 at CAC. And he was very gracious, one of a kind. And, yeah, sad we lost him uh, four years after that. So, uh, yeah, very humbling. And, yeah, it's well-deserved. And these places, that's where you can – See these people get these great accolades, like the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame Museum right there in Wichita Falls, the, uh, the Hall of Fame there in Waterloo. And I know they've uh, canceled their event for this year, but it will be in 2021. We also have the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame near New York, New Jersey. They're working on getting a building of their own. And I know for you guys, you guys just lost Tony Casto recently. And Tony yeah, Casto was yeah, a promoter yeah. involved with St. Louis. And Midwest uh, Wrestling Alliance, I think it is. Uh, but, yeah, he was just another part of the fabric of professional wrestling over there. You guys have a ton of history there. Kansas City, St. Louis area. Missouri, great state for professional wrestling. Of course, Harley Race, who we lost last year. So, yeah, history, uh, well, past, Joe, present, and future. Uh, Brian, we want to represent quick. that. Yeah, Brian, real quick. It, you know, we cover a lot of Midwestern wrestling. But Joe is actually out in West Virginia 
Joe, why don't you jump back in here, man? I know you had a bunch of questions, and I took this wagon all the way off the trail, man. So why don't you bring us back to the road? Oh, I I do. Um, so you were uh, the former official historian of the NWA. How cool was it to be a official historian for the NWA? Cool job. Uh, a friend of mine asked me, uh, Douglas Hart, so he's no longer doing the, running the social media, but this was during the last year of Bruce Starp. Uh, and like I said, the totally volunteer. Nobody's got paid for it. So, and Bruce Darp, he was president at that time, because at that time, when I was at the CSE reunion in 2017, that's when we all we all heard the NWA was being purchased there in Vegas. Thank him for everything he did. And James Beard, head referee, well-respected. And he and I he talked about it. He said, yeah, change is good. And Billy Corgan's done a wonderful job with the NWA so far. The NWA power has been on fire. And uh, they're doing a really good job in slowly reviving the brand like they should have, putting interest back into the 10 pounds of gold, the World Heavyweight Championship. Nick Aldis has been fabulous. His promo was dead on in their first episode. It has just been uh, tremendous. So there's a lot of potential there, a lot of great potential. Uh, most recently, they did a great job on Camille. Wow. I'm thinking China, but uh, Camille, yeah, she's green, but she'll get a lot of experience, a lot of seasoning. I wouldn't be surprised if they'll make her NWA Women's World Championship. I mean, the NWA has been around since 1948. There's always been changes in leadership and politics, so this is nothing new for us. So with the mm-hmm. NWA, and it's been a real honor to represent them, especially this last time with this newest transition, going over to Billy Corgan. I still wish them all the best. And however capacity I can uh, help them out, uh, yeah, it'll be a real honor. I'm a, it's a real honor for me to help with Idaho Wrestle Club. We're the only pro wrestling promotion out here. It's hard to promote out here. We've always been considered a dead zone. But we were active during the territory years. We had, we had some promoters, did pretty good. But now, 2015, Idaho Wrestle Club. Uh, it's been great just to see this roster of men and women that have just worked so hard, bring passion to this business, and to see their dreams come true. We are slowly uh, growing the brand. And you can see us on Facebook, on Roku. You can see our show. So I help ring the bell. I help type up the match results, send them out to cagematch.net and correctly illustrated. And we will be, get this, we will be in Keith Elliott Greenberg's latest book about the independent scene coming out in September. So I am so looking forward to that again to see our names and our promotion in a book about the independent scene. That's going to be so cool, so awesome. That's sick. That is awesome. All right, Bill, I don't want to take up all of the time. So, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Uh, no um, doubt, Joe. Uh, I, I appreciate that, and you know what? I'm I'm really excited because um, <sighs> I struggle in this department. You guys heard me mention it before. Um, Brian, there's so many things that I want to ask you about, but you brought you brought somebody up earlier that I've always been really curious about, and you know we got a chance to talk to a couple of guys that work with him. Uh, Joe, remember when we were doing coverage and helping promote the movie The Masked Saint 
that went into select yeah. movie theaters and was on, on Netflix for a, a long time. So we got to talk to the producer and the lead actor of that movie. And a lot of people don't know this, but this was Rowdy Roddy Piper's last appearance in a film. Okay? Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I believe it's still on Netflix. It's called The Max Saint. Here's what I want to ask you about, Brian. Roddy Roddy Piper has always been very revered by members of the pro wrestling community. You know a lot of history. What can you tell us about Roddy Roddy Piper that maybe people don't know or why he's so revered in the pro wrestling community? Um, even before he passed away, he had a lot of respect, even when we saw Legends House. Remember Legends House, Joe? Remember yes. Legends House? It was such a great show. It's one of the best things WWE yes. Network ever did, and it was right at the beginning. And I remember some of the other wrestlers kind of like fawning over Piper. So clearly there's something to it. He was a guy that, that was so um, it's like such an icon in the sport, even within the locker room. Why do you think that is, Brian? And do you have anything you could share with us about Rowdy Roddy Piper? Roddy Piper, well, like I said, right before he died, we honored him at CAC with uh, the Real Award, R-E-E-L for films and movie stars. And his speech he did, because this is when we found out Johnny Valentine was in real bad health. This was right before he died. So Piper said, 5% of whatever I make, whether it's from a poker game, whether it's from a movie or from a television gig, I will donate to the Cauliflower Alley Club because we help pay Johnny Valentine's bills. So Piper, you know, professional wrestling literally saved his life. They literally became his brothers, his frats his fraternity, and uh, I got to meet his son for the first time at CAC, so that's real cool. I mean, uh, the family, basically, they live in Las Vegas now, and, uh, and yeah, there's that other book. Now, I got uh, Piper's first book, In the Pit with Piper, and that also calls, it talks about the sickness, and the sickness he refers to, well, the growing body count of people we've lost. I mean, like I said, the loss of David Von Erich, Carrie, uh, Mike and Chris, you know, horrible situation there. Of course, the horrible Chris Benoit tragedy. You're going to find out how Herb Abrams died. You're going to find that out tonight on Vice. And uh, just a number of other people. We lost Joe Tennessee this year. We lost Travis Scott Bowden. We lost Howard Finkel. Now, there was a historian, too, for WWE. I mean, he was Vince's first employee when Vince got the company from his dad. Uh, Howard was employee number one, very well respected as a ring announcer, and just became a historian, became part of the fabric. I mean, that voice of his and new World uh, Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Champion, I mean, that voice is now grave. It's part of our childhood. It, it's not going to go away. We've lost so many of these people and just trying to keep their stories alive. That's a big part of it for history. Just keeping these memories going, keeping these uh, people alive. All we have left now are memories, and thankfully with technology, well, it used to be videotapes and then DVDs, and now we've got digital streaming. So it's just been amazing that today we've got this huge uh, amount of uh, content. Content is king now. So it's just a matter of just right now we've got plenty of time to watch it. Uh, once uh, things hopefully go back to normal. So, yeah, it's, yeah, Piper, one of a kind. Great box office draw. Sad we lost him. 
what we did, uh, incredible, incredible individual, great worker, great worker, uh, whether it's heel or baby face, and people loved him, and people hated him, especially in Portland. He was a big star in Portland, especially against uh, Playboy Buddy Rose. So, uh, and then, of course, going to, going to Charlotte, going to Mid-Atlantic, started, and like I say, the rest is history. Man, the, the rest is history indeed. And I guess my next question is a natural one. With all the knowledge that you have and the recognition that you've received as a historian in, in professional wrestling, is there anything that you personally enjoy that is some of your favorite stuff that you've researched that maybe some other people don't know about? Because here on the WrestleTalk podcast, what we try to do is we always talk about the national stuff. That, that's important. But me personally, uh, independent wrestling. Uh, here in my local area, I've been very blessed. I got to see a bunch of NW, uh, NWL stuff while I was around, Metro Pro before that. I've gotten to see some, um, you know, some uh, Herb Simmons at Southeast uh, uh, um, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, Dynamo Pro. I've been very, very blessed and fortunate. Is there anything that's near and dear to your heart, uh, maybe even within your own local scene, Brian, that you really, really love that you think people should know about and look into maybe? Well, did I did I did a lot of research for on the Parade of Champions as we were trying to put together a program under for David Fuller when ICWA was a member of the NWA. Uh, did a lot of, uh, for my title history stuff that I've compiled on different people on my perfect website. Uh, Lou says, get this, he was so impressed he knocked ten dollars off the price of his autobiography and autographed it for me. That's a huge compliment coming from the one guy who represented old school and, you know, in a time for, like, greatest of all time, Lou says, the one and only great NWA World of Great Champion, a guy who could break your arm in so many different ways. Uh, one interesting story, uh, back in 2015, a funny thing happened to me on the way back from the 50th CSE reunion, get this weird email. We found a box. It's got your name on it, and uh, we're sending it back to you. They found it in a taxi. But it's full of pictures of Mr. Wrestling Number Two, and I met him at CAC. Well, apparently they must have lost their box, and somehow, and I gave him a paper of his title history and some other information. I know I gave some of those out to a bunch of people there, but anyway, so we got the box, and so I had to contact one of our other members. Could you please send me his information so I can send it back to him? So I shipped it back to him. For public knowledge, uh, Johnny Walker lives in Hawaii. Been there for years, and then I get another. I get a phone call from him saying, telling me, telling me thank you for everything, because our motto with with Cauliflower Alley Club is giving back. That's what it's about. It's all about giving back, giving back to the people, to the boys, to the girls, the people who pave the way for this business so we can enjoy it, uh, and uh, the ones that are coming up in the ranks. The it's all about networking with Cauliflower Alley Club. We're not a convention. We're not a fan fest. It really is a reunion. It's like a high school or college reunion. And when I was hospitalized back in uh, 2017 and nearly died because I had pneumonia and uh, breathing tube, chest tube, the worst. But anyway, the number one question I got when I was on the 2018 CSD reunion was, how are you doing physically? So that alone should tell you just how much that they have just embraced me as one of their own. And I could just barely balance myself at the bottom rope when I'm helping two of my friends run a show in Eureka, California. I helped them in 2016 and 2015. So that was a completely different experience for me 
I'm just used to being a fan uh, with popcorn and with drinks, just watching the show. But it's one thing to work behind Thanks. the curtain and help <laughs> out. So that was an eye opener. But yeah, a lot of great experiences. That's so awesome. Well, Joe, I want to respect this man's time, and I know we got a little yes. bit of a late start on the interview. We started at uh, was at nine forty-five Eastern time, and we still got a thirty yes. minutes in because when we have great guests, we're not worried about the clock, right, Jonesy? But I will say this: I want to make sure that you get your questions in, your thoughts in, because uh, when we have somebody that has this kind of love for the sport the way that we do, we we have to pay our respects like I attempted to do a little bit earlier, man. So, Joe, why don't you jump back in here with any uh, thoughts or questions you might have? I do have one uh, final question. Now, this might be a little bit hard to to answer, but what is one of the most memorable things that you have experienced in your 31 years of pro wrestling? Like I said, probably receiving the award that I got for uh, California Alley Club and because uh, that was very humbling because you were voted on by your peers. That was, and then I got a certificate of appreciation in a frame. This was at our production show in 2016. That was a that was a uh, huge honor too. Very humbling. But now just getting to work behind the scenes, ringing the bell, and occasionally entering the ring when I have to. Uh, we had to actually had to break kayfabe because we were saying goodbye to one of our guys who was moving from Idaho to Florida and uh, well we were all paying our respects to him and we still miss him so uh, yeah just uh, just incredible stuff like that and uh, what has 14 teeth and an IQ of 50 it's a riddle that I said in my speech for the award and the answer is uh the, the first ten rows in a wrestling match. So, and like I say, there's also the quote. There's the quote by Bobby Heenan. There's two things that scare the hell out of me as far as pro wrestling fans. One, they're allowed to vote. Two, they're allowed to reproduce. And then, and then you've got Jesse Ventura's great quote: "Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat." Of course, which goes along with Eddie Guerrero's: uh, "If you're not cheating, then you're not trying." Hell yeah! So. Awesome. Well, at that this time, awesome. we're going to get into the uh, WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Now, we know that you are considered a wrestling encyclopedia, and it may not be fair to the Night Owl, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyways. I'm sure that with that the Night Owl is not afraid to go one-on-one with the one and only Brian Rescott and a little bit of professional wrestling trivia. Am I correct, Night Owl? Yep. Well, well let me say this. Let let me put this into context. This is like um, uh, this is definitely David versus Goliath. Okay, this is um the ringmaster version of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus like prime you know purple glove Undertaker. Like if if this is what's getting ready to happen right now, I'm gonna get destroyed. And I'm going to act like it's cool, but inside my soul is going to be crushed. So just be sure, but just be sure, be sure of this. No matter what happens back here, Jones, this show has been absolutely amazing. I've had so much fun. And for those that are still hanging on, 
as we go past the two-hour and 20-minute mark in today's show, I tip my WrestleTalk podcast mug to you. If you guys haven't already done so, make sure you head over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com or shoot, shoot me and Nightmare Joe the DM so you can start customizing your very own WrestleTalk podcast mug. So cheers to you and cheers to everybody with the few hours remaining in Cinco de Mayo. Until Timmy hit that music. Yes, so you all, especially when you find out. So Welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the Night Owl Renee Martinez and professional wrestling history historian Brian Rescott. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, just shout out the answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. So, in honor of tonight's <coughs> guest, the Rest of Talk Podcast game show challenge category is NWA throughout the years. I will give you information <laughs> about. Wait three a minute. What? Wait, so the subject is about the NWA, and we're talking to a former NWA historian. This is blasphemous. I demand a recount, and we haven't even started yet. Nightmare Jones, you insert to me, and Luke Roberts are always screwing me over. This is nonsense. So, anyways, I will give you information so about three things. <laughs> this is garbage. Information about three famous professional wrestlers who have won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. The catch is I will, inter- I will identify important years and events from their careers. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answers. So, for example, if I were to say this gentleman was born in Japan in 1962, he debuted in professional wrestling for New Japan in 1984. The he great won the Muta. I- the great Muta. See, you would have won that one, Renee. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. All right, so yep, wait. That'd be right. So you're saying, all right, so you're saying, it, so as soon as you start giving clues, and as soon as yes. we know the answer, we just we just shout it out, right? Okay, Are Brian, you agree with that? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right. Dave, Brian, Question are you ready? One. Wait, Joe, hold on a second. Brian, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm ready. Okay, right. so you know the rules, right? As soon as you know the answer, just shout it out. All right. Question number one. This gentleman was born in Memphis, Tennessee in 1949. He debuted Jerry in the Lawler. AWA. No. He debuted in the AWA in 1972, and he won his first NWA World Heavyweight Championship by defeating 
The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He won Rick the Flair. WWF. Ric Flair is correct. The Night yes. Owl has gotten <laughs> the lead and has gotten one point. Awesome. All right, question number two. This gentleman was born in Omaha, Nebraska in 1959. He debuted in 1985. He debuted in the UWF in 1986. He debuted in the NWA in 1987. He won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair in 1990 at the Great American Bash. He won the WWA World Heavyweight... Who? Sting. Sting. Sting is correct. Brian Rescott has gotten the second point. It all comes down to this one. This one right here. All right, question number three. This gentleman was born in Docking, Norfolk, England in 1986. He debuted in 2005. He won the IWGP Tag Team Championships with Doug Williams from 3D in 2009. He won the GHC Tag Team Championship with Samoa Joe in 2012. He won the Impact World Heavyweight Championship from Jeff Hardy in 2013. He won the Global Force Wrestling Championship in 2005 and 2015. And he won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship twice. Once from Tim Storm in October of 2017. And the other one is from the American Nightmare Cody in October of 2018. Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. Oh, my God. What could ever Brian Westcott has gotten himself the, the, uh, he is the winner of the Russia Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. So, here is your music. Enter, Timmy. Hit that music real quick. DJ Weekend. Hopefully, we'll know soon. 
And, uh, of course, now remember the event in Waterloo? That'll be for next year, July of 2021. And, of course, and hopefully things go well for International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. And a shout-out for Idaho Wrestle Club. We're on Facebook.com slash Idaho Wrestle Club, one word, I-D-A-H-O-W-R-E-S-T-L-E-C-L-U-B. And you can find us on Roku as far as our uh, television program. So I want to make sure everybody got a shout-out. And I just want to say this was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I would love to do this again. Uh, I need a uh, like you guys have a lot Brian. of fun on here. Brian, I want a rematch, dude. I can't believe it. I was this close to beating a renowned, recognized wrestling historian. I want a rematch, sir. I'd love to have you back on sometime. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Joe, go ahead and say your goodbyes, man. we got to start closing out the show. Go ahead. Oh, man, just thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. It has been an absolute Pleasure. I can promise you that uh, we will have you back on again because you've got so many stories that you can talk about, about the old days of, of wrestling, the NWA. So do not be a stranger, and thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 296 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Shout out to our boy Tony Kazina, the head trainer of the Fale Dojo, who checked in tonight, and everybody else who popped in. FWWC was great. The uh, high spot segment, man, we talked about a lot of great stuff. And, dude, our guests today were on fire. Uh, um, Idaho was in the house, baby, as we continue to go through the 50 states. New York, the great state of New York, was in the house. Man, what an absolutely awesome show. Joe, why don't you go ahead and close this out, man? And why don't you hit that Bray song again, man? I really dug that. We'll drop the information on how you guys can look them up on social media as well. Uh, so much support coming from the members of the Rest of Talk family and all of our credible sponsors. Let me shout them out one more time, Jonesy, before we go. Uh, Rathbun Engraving, uh, Rest of Talk podcast mugs being made available through the artwork of our boy Scott over at Rathbun Engraving. Esports Bar KC, all of our watch parties. Royal Mills Transportation, Don't Drink and Drive. Holler at Royals Mills Transportation if you're in the greater Kansas City area. The Conspiracy Farm with Pat Milicic and the UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the UFC Hall of Famer Pat Milicic and the one and only Jay Hollywood. And last but not least, our boy Adam Fresh over at Talking Dynasty. They're like the rest of Talk podcast, except they talk about football. Make sure y'all show them love. Joe, close us out. Let's get out of here, baby, as we creep closer and closer to episode 300 of the WrestleTalk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Good night, y'all. Peace. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to close it out with, with the break song again. Once again, the artist's name is Nimmons, N-I-M-M-Z-Z. You can find him on Spotify. You can find him on YouTube. And the song is called Coolin'. That's C-O-O-L-I-N. Enter to me. Hit that music. Young Shine on the track, boy. Take it to the brain, dang Ask me tomorrow, 
tell you the same thing If you ain't with us, that's a damn shame Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing So I tell them that I'm coolin' Yeah, they ask me what I'm doing So I tell them that I'm coolin' About to make a ring, grab your ponchos But don't you touch my chips and cheese because it's not Joe's and now I got lettuce, so I got tacos. So now I got more greens than a top nose. So I got your top chick. Yeah, I mean your top chick. Got her legs in the air. Like she missed the drop kick. I'll even eat an Asian broad. So I need some chopsticks. Everybody gon' say it's rockin' when I drop this. <laughs> oh, I'm riding with like four bitches. And then I leave the club and probably have more bitches. And I don't play a sport, but guarantee the score digits. And then I reel them in. <laughs> That's more fishes. I love Mary Jane, just call me Spider-Man And then we gon' twist it all, I need the lighter man Hit it with me, y'all, you can watch me do it They all hitting my phone and I say I'm fucking cool and come out I'm just coolin' with my gang, man Plenty of the Mary Jane, take it to the brain, boom 